Welcome to the Witty and Gritty podcast. We are in our fall 2023 author promo mini series where we're bringing on different authors who help point you in the right direction, give you tools you need, tips you need, and it's all biblically based because these women are amazing. And today we have on Kat Armstrong. I'm so thankful you said yes. Thank you to being on the show, Kat. Oh, Brooke, I couldn't wait. I've had this on our calendar for a little bit. So thanks so much for having me on the show. Absolutely. So if no one knows Kat Armstrong, which number one, they'd be crazy not to know you already, but for fun, what can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I joke that I'm a spicy Mexi German who doesn't like spicy food, um, that I, I tell people I love Jesus, the most important thing I want you to know about me. Second, I think the Bible is a literary masterpiece, so you need to know that about me. And then third, I think women are mission critical to the Great Commission, and that I feel like people pick up on that in all of my writings and my speaking. Uh, I hope that once people get in God's Word, they see how Jesus emboldened and partnered with women to advance the gospel and how Paul later and many of the other Jerusalem leaders like Peter partnered with women too. So those are three things about just kind of my personality and the way I like to show up in every space. I've been married for 21 years to the love of my life, Aaron Armstrong. He's the lead pastor at Dallas Bible Church in Richardson, Texas. Um, We have one son. His name is Caleb. He's 10 and he's really into Taekwondo. He's really into uh, Legos and he might be the kindest person on the planet. Um, So we also live, my mom lives with us. So we call ourselves Team Armstrong to the fourth power. Um, And what else do you need to know? I've been a working mama since I had my kid. I have been a co-founder of a nonprofit. I've started a company. I've done all sorts of things and ruled out all the things I don't want to do in this season. (laughs) And what I'm primarily focused on in this season is helping ministry leaders through written resources like my curriculum and Bible studies and books, um, speaking at events where ministry leaders want to grow, and then doing a lot of coaching through Integris um, Leadership, which is the company I work for during the week. That's my day job is supporting ministry leaders. So is that good, Brooke? What else do you oh, want to know? Amazing. I, I could just listen to you all day. So this is great. <laughs> You're I, so the first time I learned about you was you came to our women's conference in Forney, Texas. Mm-hmm. And I said, my goodness, she's just a town over. This is amazing. And it was so great to hear you speak. And you spoke about your stone study. And so then me and my Bible study group were like, we know what we're going to do in between our big church Bible studies. And that's when... I emailed you. I was like, oh, our group's doing the Stones Bible study. <laughs> we loved it. So, Oh, that Brooke, that makes my heart so happy. You just never know if it's going to go into the world and reach anybody. And I remember your face and your countenance and your presence at the event in Forney. Um, and I remember your enthusiasm for God's Word. So I'm so excited to spend this time with you. And, uh, you know, I love Forney, Texas. My best friend, Lori McLean Pierce, was a Forney jackrabbit. You know, she was a cheerleader. And I remember visiting her before I even lived in Dallas when we were still in College Station. And so the where you live and the, and the women you serve, they really mean a lot to me. So it was such a joy 
to be at that event. I hope they hope they invite me back again. I'll put I'll put in a good word, Jill. <laughs> get Cat back immediately. <laughs> you know, I do have to say just a quick word for anyone who doesn't know who Jill is. You need to look her up. Her family is really well known in the DFW area for being so committed to the cause of Christ whether it's church planning or being a coach or being an educator or being a women's leader. I mean, she is just so invested in our community and it comes through. It just like exudes from her. What a leader. And I was so uh, just blown away about what God's doing in your church. Oh, that's so sweet. Uh, listeners, we have Jill on episode 49. If you want to go back, we'll link it. So yes, yeah, she is quite the leader. Amazing human. Hey, look at all these amazing humans. God's put in my life. Thank you for that. So we're going to dive right in. You have recently released your Sinners and Saints Bible study. So if y'all don't know yet, um, it's five-week studies, but you can put it together for 10 weeks, which is amazing because that gives you the option of if you need an in-between Bible study or that's what you're doing for the semester. So I love that from a personal standpoint, but I'm going to let you talk about Sinners and Saints. So in a nutshell, what would you say those two are about and how they work together? Sure. So, Brooke, I'm hosting every Tuesday night a small group Bible study at my home. We're going through Sinners and Saints. We meet tonight. Tonight is uh, night five of five nights in the Sinners Bible study. And what I love is any opportunity to get in God's Word, any opportunity to invite my neighbors and my friends to find Christian community. Um, So one, I would say the resource does the heavy lifting for you. It gives you a great reason, excuse to reach out to people, gives you a great format to get in God's Word. But like you said, you can put them together. So if you're a ministry leader and you're thinking, five weeks, I need like 12 or 14 when you count the holidays that we'll go through in a semester of ministry, you can put two of them together for 10, 12, or 14-week study. And it's really seamless. So You know, as someone who's a pastor's wife, I've been a a ministry leader to women for 20 years vocationally. I know what you need. You you need a ton of discussion questions. You need a lot of insight into the scriptures. You need some biblical context, historical context. You want to hear from scholars outside of your world a little bit, people who've studied something in depth. But additionally, you need to facilitate conversation and it gets to the heart of the matter. All of that's kind of hard to do if you're leading a small group. And so I'm hoping that between the curriculum that you can purchase anywhere where books are sold or the free downloads that are on my website for small group leaders, ministry leaders, preachers, you know, between all of that, you should have what you need to foster community and create safe places for women to seek God, to become more like Jesus, to love one another. And Brooke, my really big prayer And all of this has been that the Holy Spirit would spark holy curiosity in women who use the studies. And what I mean by that is that when you do one of the lessons, you think to yourself, I want to read that scripture again. Or if you hear me tell a story to go, I'm going to go home and read that story again. I have not thought about it in that way. I'm curious again. And so that holy curiosity I'm praying really gets sparked in people. What I have found, Brooke, is that if that can happen in our spiritual lives, we don't get bored with the scriptures. We don't get into a stuckness 
with Jesus in our relationship. It's like very vibrant and flourishing when we're curious and scratching our head or rereading something for the 10th time and finding something new. Um, so that's that's really, I don't know if that answered the questions about what's in Sinners and Saints. So let me try and recap that. So they're the opposite of what you think they're going to be. People are scared of the Sinners Bible study. They're like, I don't know that I want to read a Bible study on Sinners. My biography. <laughs> I know exactly. You're like, it feels a little invasive. I, <laughs> I feel seen, a little too seen. Sinners is actually about marginalized people who would have looked been looked down upon in the New Testament who exhibit great faith. They are exemplary disciples of Jesus. They're standout characters in their culture, and they have these moments of highlight in the scriptures, specifically the New Testament. So I go over five people that would have been considered sinful for whatever reason, maybe because they were actually a sinner, or maybe because the culture hated tax collectors, or they hated um, Samaritans because of their ethnicity, which we know wasn't right. So they weren't really sinners. They were, you know, just different. So that's what sinners is about. And the feedback I'm getting, Brooke, is that people really do find themselves in these stories, but they're so hopeful that people we wouldn't imagine expressing faith in Jesus do. And for many of us, you're like, Thank you, God, because sometimes I feel like the unlikely candidate for being a disciple of Jesus. These people are relatable, and I think God intentionally created character types, like the sinners, air quotes, the sinners, to show us that anybody can exhibit faith, that faith is accessible to everyone. That's how God wanted it to be. We have to receive it. We have to choose it. Not everybody does. Um, but that's what sinners is about. And then saints, it's not about the holy rollers. <laughs> we think it is, but saints is about the religious elite in the New Testament who behave badly. Mm-hmm. And this was actually also hopeful too, because in these characters, Brooke, I'm hoping that men and women find that even when we mess up, even when we don't count the cost or pick up our cross and we don't follow Jesus daily, there is still hope for us because many of these stories of these religious elites behaving badly have redemptive moments. They have turnaround moments. Some of them don't. Like we studied Judas in in that Bible study. I've never done a study on Judas. It rocked my world. And um, so those what the two Bible studies are about. There, If you do both of them, you get 10 New Testament characters. I love that. I like how it holds up the mirror kind of to you. Like I would never do that. And then look at me never doing what I'd never do. Like, oh, I'm doing it. Oh, no. I like how you're taking 10 different characters. And like you mentioned character types, like we can see, we could probably find ourselves in a little bit of all of these to some degree. I do this and to some degree I'm this person too. I can see myself and you walk people through that. And then like you mentioned the redemptive qualities, we're still redeemable. <laughs> God will still yes. us. It's so great. It's very hopeful. I love that message. Just overarching. God can use anybody. And I know we hear that. And it's like a meme, you know, that we just disregard because it's so popular. It's so true. Brooke, I got into this because during the pandemic, I let my son Caleb watch too much TV. You know, there was a point in the pandemic where I was like, whatever. Just, yes, you can watch whatever. Not whatever. 
but almost. And I remember him coming to me and saying, I really want to watch all the Star Wars. And so we got really into that as a family. I'm like, praise God, there's nine of them. Like there's something to, you know, something to watch. Well, Caleb was about seven or eight years old and he came to me and said, mommy, is Anakin Skywalker a good guy or a bad guy? I said, Caleb, that's a really good question because you're not in English narrative classes yet or English lit classes. You haven't studied character types. You don't know that there's a fallen hero character. And I said, well, buddy, he's a little bit of both, right? I mean, there's a good side to Anakin and there's a bad side to Anakin. And all the stories that, you know, all the pep of the pigs and all the blues clues and all that, you know, characters are either good or bad. But in real life, people are very layered. We're very complex. We're not always good and we're not always bad because of grace and because of Jesus. We can have these turnaround moments. So I was trying to have this spiritual conversation with him. And I said, it's kind of like Boromir from Lord of the Rings. And he was like, oh, yeah. I'm like, it's the flawed hero type. This is a type of character. And then I said, it's like Peter. Remember when Peter denied Jesus? three times and that rooster crowed, but then Jesus reinstated him into leadership. See, these are a flawed character. And he was like, oh, oh, oh. And then all of a sudden, Brooke, I was like, that's, you know, I should do a study on the New Testament characters that are these flawed hero types. And I want to study characters that aren't so cut and dry. And that's really where it came out of. I had, as you can tell, two years later, I'm like still so into these characters. That's great. Well, Lord of the Rings and Star Wars are classic and timeless, just like the Bible. So taking <laughs> those characters, I am a big fandom nerd person. So when you, you had me at Star Wars and then you had me again at Lord of the Rings, I'm like, yes, this is great. I can relate to all of these things. And I know some of our listeners can too. Don't deny it. Aaron's not as nerdy as I am in that aspect. That's it's fun. like if you've got the Frodo feet or the elf ears, like there's there's a space for you. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> I love that. That's that's a really cool way. That was my next question was what inspired you to write this? And I love it because Boromir is the type of character that you you don't love and you want to mm-hmm. like him. You're like, oh, you could have been so good. And then it's like, hello, mirror again. I could have been mm-hmm. so good. <laughs> uh, yep. There is redemption in the end. Yeah. Oh, I love it. When readers get your Sinners and Saints or any of any of the resources in general, but specifically Sinners and Saints, what can they, what are they going to get out of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you mean the resources in the study or the ones online or both? Let's just go with, like, if I picked up Sinners and I did the Bible study, what am I going to, what are some truths I'm going to learn or some things I'm going to walk away with that are going to resonate? Such a good question, Brooke. Yeah. So if you do one of my studies, you're going to start to see a cadence. It gets uh, very redundant and that is intentional. I'm going to share the gospel at the beginning of every single book. And I'm going to say it the same way. There's going to be a QR code for people to follow up. You know, I want to remind you that if you're hosting Bible study, if you're gathering a group, there are women there that you would assume already know Jesus that don't have a personal relationship with him. And you can utilize that part of the study to share the gospel. There's a download online, Brooke, for small group leaders. And it actually says, hey, here's an additional week 
where you could just take the gospel presentation and walk people through it and have a group discussion that isn't so pointed like, hey, Brooke, when did you place your faith in Jesus? (laughs) No, no. Um, but more of a discussion around what are the elements of faith and how why do we believe in Jesus as Savior? So that's one thing they'll get. The second is a lot of historical context. So every single lesson is broken down into four parts. And the first uh, day, the first part is always context. So I'll just be honest, because I came to faith at 16 and didn't know anything about the Bible until I was a teenager, I... I still get disoriented when you drop me into a passage and I'm thinking, where is this in the time continuum? Like, what part of history? Like, who's in charge? What people groups are these? Are these people mad at each other? Why are these names so weird? Where is this on the map? You know, so I have those kinds of questions. So I try to help the reader um, get rid of that disorientation by telling them, this is where we are in the story of Scripture this is what's going on in history. This is what's going on in that culture. Um, these are the people that are being spoken to. This is the time. So day one is really all about not only situating the story in its its context, but additionally, you becoming aware of your context. So I ask in, in day one on every lesson, have you read this story before? What impressions did you have? Where are you in life and how is that going to impact your reading today? Because the truth is, I can come to the same passage and get something wildly new each time because I am in a different place personally. And I'm not saying we read into the scriptures our experience. What I'm saying is we become aware of what's going on in our lives and how that could influence the way we read, um, whatever it is we're reading. And then day two is all about observations. Like, what do you see? And there's a ton of underlining and circling and journaling and picture drawing for some people who like that. And so I'm trying to get people to do what I call close readings of scripture, not just yada, 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 but more like, oh, yeah, I hadn't noticed that word. Wow, that's very repetitive. So there, uh, day three is always about interpretation. It's always, what does this mean? What did it mean for the original audience? And how do we, all these thousands of years later in a different context, apply it to our lives in light of what it meant originally? And then day four is always about application. It's now that I know these truths, what is the Holy Spirit asking me to do? Because our faith is actionable. Our faith should compel us to be more like Jesus. And so there's always a journaling opportunity. There's always some application points that I make that are very anecdotal that I hope and pray meet people where they are. But it's also an opportunity for you to reflect on, now I've learned all these things. What do I do with it? How I put it into practice? And then at the end of every study, Brooke, I have something called further reading. I'm very passionate about this. (laughs) So thanks for letting me have this one minute soapbox. But I think that women have a much, much higher reading level than they um, choose to have. I think you are brilliant. I think you are capable. I think you can read any scholarly book you pick up. They've gotten so much more accessible these days. Scholars are now understanding we want access to their knowledge. And so I put at the back of the book further reading. And it's every single resource I consulted to put this research together. Additionally, it's resources I just think you you should have on your shelf. And I was intentional to make sure at least 20 to 40% of those supporting materials are scholars of color or female scholars so that we could be hearing from voices that might be outside of our tradition 
And um, it doesn't mean I agree with everything that every person said in every book they wrote listed on that list, but their viewpoint has really helped shape how I'm looking at things. And I've heard from people that that really, really helped. Um, And I guess the last, last thing is there's lots of charts. I'm a chart girl. Like I need something visual. Tell me how this all connects. And so I try to give you the chart every single week and we build upon it. So by the time you're into the study, at the end of a study, you go, whoa, you know, Peter and Judas and Paul and um, Matthew, they're all connected and this is how they're connected. So I hope that. I hope that helped. <laughs> uh, absolutely. I am your exact target market. <laughs> Just how I, I know when we walked through the study and it was between our, when, like our spring and summer, we did a, the five and six weeks of your stone study. And it was just the way it was laid out. I, I knew what the expectation was. I knew what we were going to do that day. There were not, I wasn't like, Oh my goodness, I'm going to open this and I have no idea what's happening. So I think that's a big danger is sometimes people will take a verse out of context. And because I didn't know the context, I, I kind of believed that as a, as a truth when it really wasn't the truth because that wasn't the context. So you do a really good job of outlining that. And your questions are really solid and they they spur on good conversation because even if it's the same question every day, everybody's answering it differently every day, which is really cool. And I Thank love Thank you for saying that. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I had the best editor, Caitlin Carlson at NavPress, who really elevated the questions in the study. She had such good feedback for me throughout the whole, you know, two-year process of writing. And then my friend, Abby Perry, she's also local. She has done editing on all, a bunch of Beth Moore's products and Bible studies. She's uh, a writer for Christianity Today. She's local. And I actually had her help me with the um, resource, free resource guides for Sinners and Saints. And I just feel like Abby completely leveled up the questions. I was like, Abby, this is next level. It's so good. And all of that's really a reflection of her her genius. Look at the team coming together. I love it. I love it. Is there something that we didn't get to address or ask you that you would like to say? Or is there one last charge you want to give to these women, these listeners, whoever's hearing the show right now? Yeah, I would say to the listener, first of all, you are so loved. I mean, God loves you no matter what. I say that to my fourth and fifth graders on Sunday morning when I teach Sunday school every week. The most important thing you could hear today, God loves you no matter what. I mean, if you were just mom fail after mom fail, work fail after work fail, if you were overwhelmed, stressed, you know, on the brink of divorce, experiencing a lot of brokenness, God loves you no matter what. He just loves you. And part of getting in the word is not because he wants to like wag a finger in your face. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to know you. He wants us to appreciate his nearness. And so that's one thing I would say. I would also say the second thing I tell my Sunday school students, you're God's dream come true. The way you are, who you are, what you're like, what you like, this is God's dream come true. And everything about you is just a culmination of his genius, his intentionality. And so I think when we bring that to our Bible reading, that we are loved no matter what, that we are God's dream come true, can really change how we interpret Scripture. All of a sudden, 
the angry God we picture in the heavens, you know, sneering down at us, frustrated with our mistakes, transforms into this picture of Jesus, the selfless, loving, faithful to the end God that's so accessible and so compassionate is a truth teller, but with grace, right? This, it really can change how we understand who God is and it changes how we read. And so I would say some of the fundamental issues that are normal for us um, when we read the Bible, like getting bored, spa- you know, spacing out, <laughs> um, just being unmotivated to get in the word. You're not alone. This is totally normal. And I wouldn't say that a curriculum is going to fix it. I would say let the Holy Spirit remind you of your relationship with God and who he is. And then when you get to the scriptures, it just lifts off the page. Um, I'm just really in a mood, aren't here, aren't I, Brooke? I, I really am in, a, <laughs> I'm in a mood. You know, I, the last thing I would probably say is just, I don't necessarily like saying, get in the word, get in the word, because it's so important and we need to hear it. But I would say, get curious, get curious, get curious. Pray for curiosity. Pray that the Holy Spirit fills you right now. God, make me curious. Keep me curious. Increase my curiosity. Hold my attention. And you'll start to see a shift. That words lift off the page. Characters become 3D. Places become interesting. Before you know it, you're like, oh, wow, the Spirit just made me curious. And this is going to keep me connected to God. Oh, I love that. That's just such a good mindset shift instead of you got to get, you got to open your Bible, guys. Everybody open your Bible and read it. Okay. But if I can ask God to make me curious or help me wonder about things, that's going to spark my interest through the roof. I love it. Kat, where can we find more of you? Where on the internet do you live? Well, I spend way too much time on Instagram. And um, so, you know, if you're not weird or creepy, I will probably respond to your DMs if you have questions. The questions I like to answer most are questions about resources for scripture. So if you need a commentary, if you have a Bible question, rarely do I know the answer, but I can usually direct you to a scholar or a commentary and say, I don't know, see what they have to say. That's like their life's work. Um, my website is catarmstrong.com. I mean, my very favorite thing, you saw me do it, Brooke, is to teach the Bible. I love to be with women. Conferences, retreats keep me really busy. So, you know, invite me to speak at your your place and with your people. Um, I would love to share God's truth with them and partner with you to figure out what is it that the Spirit of God is doing in your churches and how can I partner with you? Um, So that's catarmstrong.com. And then Maybe we can put a link in the show notes, Brooke, about Storyline, because I do have a website just for Storyline, and that's where you can find all the freebies. So like there's a Bible reader assessment, there's YouTube videos to go with all the Bible studies, there's free downloads for small group leaders, discussion guides. I really tried, Brooke. I was like, I just want every excuse to be gone. You you do exactly that. You eliminate every excuse. Good. I am just trying to be the girl that's like, hey... We, we've done a lot. All you have to do is just hit download, you know, and so go, go and get the free freebies. I will link everything. I'm the queen of linking. So I'm going to link all the things, all your socials, all your sites. So people, wherever you are, scroll down and click 
for full show notes and it has all the links already there for you. Kat, thank you so much for coming on the show today. You're incredible. We hope to have you back on your next stuff and we can't wait to see where you speak next. Thank you, Brooke. What a joy. Really appreciate you.